Welcome to the Global Franchise Podcast, your comprehensive guide to the world's many diverse franchise markets and trends. I'm Kieran McLoon, Deputy Editor for Global Franchise Magazine. Germany is something of a franchising powerhouse, and as the biggest franchise market in Europe based on revenue, it's understandable that international brands have been clambering to take their concept to the country for decades. On this episode, we speak with two key figures immersed in multiple aspects of the German franchise industry, advocating for best practices and continued growth. Matthias Lerner is the co-founder and CEO of EMS-focused fitness franchise Body Street and also assumes the role of vice president at the German Franchise Association. Kai Enders, meanwhile, is a member of the board for franchising at residential brokerage firm Engel and Volkers and is also the president of the German Franchise Association. We wanted to speak with both experts about their experiences with franchising in Germany and discover exactly why so many brands have flourished within its affluent borders. Hi, Kai and Matthias. Thanks for joining us today. How are you both doing? Hi, Kieran. Great to be here with you. Hello, Matthias. Hey, hi, Kai, and hello, London. We are fantastic having a nice day here in Munich, Germany. <laughs> Good to hear. Really great to hear. Um, so would you both be able to give me um, an overview of your experience, both with franchising, but also the work that you do at the German Franchise Association? Kai, if you want to kick off? Yes, sure. So uh, England Focus uh, is a company that uh, was founded 43 years ago, and uh, it was a very, very small real estate broker. Um, now we are active in more than 30 countries with um, 11,000 real estate agents. Uh, we are a market leader here in our home market in Germany. And we've switched the whole business to franchising, I think, more than 20 years ago. Uh, and we are now one of the very big brands here in Germany. So well done to our founder, Christian Fergus, and the whole team. That's the part uh, of England Focus. And because we are so big and we found out that franchising is uh, such a good business model for our industry, uh, we thought it would be a good idea to spread the news and, and, and support other companies who think about uh, doing franchise business. And that is why uh, I became active in the Franchise Association a few years ago and Matthias and I thought it would be a good idea to become members of the board and finally we were elected, Matthias. Um, Kai, do you remember, I mean, in 2012, that was the year when we were elected to the board and um, we were actually the two youngest back then. Yes, long time ago. <laughs> Yeah. For, so in terms of, in terms of experience, what I always like to say in contrast to the franchise dinosaurs, I'm a franchise rookie. And um, so when, when we founded Body Street in 2007, really, I didn't know exactly how to write or how to pronounce franchising. At uh, 2009, um, <laughs> I, I still remember I persuaded the first franchisee partner to sign with us in our living room at home. It, it wasn't easy. I mean, boutique fitness or electrical muscle stimulation was totally unknown in those times. And um, by the mid-2012, we had 150 studios, franchise studios. And this was really exactly the time when we have been elected in the board. So, but the question is, why did they choose both of us? Kai, may you answer this? No, I have no idea. You will tell us. It's <laughs> hard. Why me? No, it's about numbers. The association stagnated in those times back with 
180 members. All right, with almost 1,000 franchise systems in Germany at that time, uh, what we always could say was simply, well, that's almost 20% of the quality systems. Um, but what about all of these new cool business ideas popping up every day? What about big foreign franchise systems? They, they, they didn't dare to take the step. What McDonald's took in the 70s to start in Germany. So that means, in short, the association really needed a generation change, a like a kind of rejuvenation cure. And today, we got 400 members in our association. I mean, Kai, that is something great. Absolutely. Mm. And we've been focusing very much on, on growth because we thought all the big names, all the companies that can bring something to the table should be part of our community. And it worked out very well. Yeah, no, it definitely sounds it. There's a lot of really great growth there. Um, Matthias, obviously you're quite immersed in the the fitness industry of naturally through Body Street, um, which is a, an industry that we've seen worldwide has been hit really hard by this year's pandemic. Um, I wonder if you'd be able to talk a little bit about how the how the Body Street ba uh, brand has been affected and how you guys might have pivoted your uh, concept slightly this year in light of current events. Yeah, well... <laughs> the pandemic for Body Street or for the entire fitness industry is a it's it's a drama in three acts. Right now, the way it looks with a happy ending. Um, we were sensitized for the topic by our partners in Italy, or and that's already that was already in very early stage of the pandemic. So we were able to prepare ourselves um, and our franchisees in the UK and the USA on that. Uh, but the lockdown, it was it was a state of shock. Mm. Uh, and later, shaken up again with Body Street, we won a lawsuit against the highest administrative court in the state of Bavaria. And then we started again with super hygiene standards, new marketing, and technology, technology, technology. But altogether, yes, we have lost weaker franchisees. They transferred the studios because of fear. It was just a handful of studios worldwide, but we, we lost. And the top franchisees and the good middle field, they have more than compensated for the loss of sales in the meantime. I mean, we feel right now a big movement of members from classic studios who are moving to us. So all in all, sounds very good. Uh, by the way, the English studio concepts are also hit very hard. Sure. One hand, the lockdown has started later and lasted longer. Um, but also in, in the UK or in Great Britain, flexible membership contracts are very common. And so that means that all these British uh, fitness concepts, they have to win back their terminated members while we were able to keep the members in the contracts and just compensate them with let's say, vouchers for the lost training sessions. Difficult for many of, of, of my colleagues and, and, and I mean in our sector, even friends. Sorry for this. I mean, I keep my fingers crossed that they recover. I mean, all of them recover quickly. Yeah, no. So it sounds like it's been um, understandably quite a challenging period this year, but that you guys are, there's light at the end of the tunnel. You know, you're coming towards a period of at least some kind of stability, which is really great. 
And Kai, uh, you within the the real estate industry, of course, is known to to fluctuate with the the trends of the overall market, and I doubt that this year has been any exception with, to that. Um, how has Engel and Volker's um, kind of the way that you guys operate been impacted or changed a result of COVID nineteen, or has there not really been much of an impact at all? Oh, uh, we had some impact, of course, but uh, after listening to Matthias, uh, I feel a bit a little bit embarrassed to say that. Uh, we are uh, some of the lucky winners of the pandemic. Uh, of course, during the first weeks, uh, it has been a shock in the real estate market. There was hardly any new business. But even during uh, that period of time, we were profiting from business that we had been preparing before. So we just finalized deals uh, in April and May that came from January and February. And when we were allowed to open up our shops again uh, in May, business came back very soon. And uh, we had a very strong summer and an even stronger fall. Um, deals were only postponed. So um, we are on a record-breaking level, I can say, with an increase of turnover uh, of 10% compared to last year. Uh, still, it has been a challenge for us, and uh, we are not only active here in our home market in Germany. We have business in Italy and Spain, and the situation there is completely different um, because uh, we do a lot of uh, secondary home business with buyers from other countries, and uh, this business has um, really been hit significantly. So. Uh, it will take longer in those countries to recover and uh, get back to normal. But overall, that's the advantage if you do business in several countries. Um, some profit, some are in a difficult situation. It evens out, more or less. Yeah, so it's definitely, as you say, a benefit to international franchising where you can look at the bigger picture um, rather than just focus on the real challenging areas. Um, if we could just talk a little about Germany uh, as a whole, of course, you're both very immersed in the German franchise market. And um, and back in this back in July of this year, actually, the, the German Franchise Association released a, a report stating that 81% of German franchises had taken advantage of things like Corona aid packages and emergency aid. Um, to either of you, really, do you think that enough support has been given to businesses throughout this year, specifically franchises? Um, and also, secondary to that, what further work do you think needs to be done to support those industries that maybe are still struggling to get back on their feet? Uh, Germany is a very healthy situation. Um, and I think it's common sense here that our government reacted very fast um, and very generously. So um, I think not even the parties from the opposition um, are dissatisfied with what has been done. And uh, the numbers of unemployed people have only uh, increased slightly. Uh, people are able to pay for their rent, uh, for their mortgage. Uh, they go shopping. Uh, so the situation more or less compared to the circumstances, of course, is uh, quite all right here in Germany. And I, I guess, Matthias, that's true for the most of our members. <laughs> yes. I mean, I do agree 100% as much as I'm annoyed about those incredible high taxes in Germany and this crappy bureaucracy. 
But in this time, I really feel safe. I mean, the social system, the health system, it's very stable. And for franchising, German systems are currently getting ready for, for international expansion. And Germany is definitely a market yeah, that every foreign system should have on the target map. Yeah. Uh, no, it's really great to hear that Germany, you know, is you have all been so well supported and then I'm sure that, you know, that's not something that all countries would be able to say. So it's very positive to have a case study of that. Um, and of course, as I mentioned up the top, you know, Germany is this real franchising um, powerhouse where you're the, the biggest franchise market in Europe by revenue. Um, I w- would either of you be able to kind of give some insight into why you think that franchising is so popular and successful within Germany? Is it really? <laughs> <laughs> it is. The- Germany. Hey, come on. French. No, French, the British, those are franchise countries, right? And you know, when Germany plays England or France plays Spain, they are they are just great teams that's like soccer on galaxy level and, and also in franchising. franchising. I, I don't care if Germany, France, or Great Britain is the number one. I don't even think that franchising is really so popular in Germany. Oh, come on. Come on, Matthias. <laughs> <laughs> it depends what metric you look at, I suppose. But it has become better. It has become better. Yes, but, but what is true is that uh, Matthias and I, when we uh, talked last week, we were uh, surprised to... Uh, to read that uh, Germany is the number one market in, in franchising in Europe, we both thought that it would be either UK or France. Uh, but nevertheless, we have uh, 83 million uh, people living here. That is, of course, a big market. And what we can say is that the image of franchising um, has developed in a very positive way over the last few years, I would say. Before that, the image was rather poor. Uh, people associated uh, franchising with uh, fast food and poor working conditions. And uh, now they, they've they seen that there are so many great business ideas out there. And that is just a good idea that somebody can be an entrepreneur and uh, still doesn't have to invent anything, uh, everything by himself and, and can adopt to a, a proven system. Yeah, and my, may I add on that? 760,000 people are directly employed in franchising in Germany. I mean, that has really a relevance. But, well, compared to other industries like the German chemical industry or the, the German railway, the Deutsche Bahn, they, all, they also employ as many people. But we still have some room for improvement. But anyway, you out there... Get on the road, bring your systems to Europe. Don't forget to knock on the door in Germany and get on and really get in touch with the, with the franchise association. Keep also your eyes open. If a German system is, is looking for a master or for a partner in your country, it, it can be really interesting for you. I mean, keyword multi-brand franchising, for example, leave your eyes open. Yeah. So something you might um, have some more thoughts on there, Matthias, is just kind of talking about improvement. Um, what some of the the challenges that franchisors could encounter when entering Germany that are maybe specific to your country? Perhaps it's the high value of employee rights or, or those mega trends like corporate sustainability, climate change, CO2 reduction, social fairness, equal opportunities, whatever. Justice, that's a big issue, also in franchising. And if you don't have an answer to to climate questions, I mean, you won't score 
much points with franchisees in Germany. That is why we also have these, these networking events to exchange our experiences in those topics. Uh, Franchise Expo in Frankfurt is maybe one of the highlights. And we have a lot of other like virtual events. Maybe last but not least, those people who know me in person, they know that I have always an open ear and I know someone who knows someone who knows someone who possibly, I mean, you know what I mean. But really to answer short, I'm not sure if the differences are so so significant between the European countries, but those questions about people and planet, uh, this seems to be topicals right now, even in franchise, especially in franchising. Yeah. And Kai, are there any kind of challenges or roadblocks that you've encountered along the way? <laughs> I, I thought about this question for quite a while and uh, I would confirm labor rights are very strong here. Uh, it's uh, rather unusual to uh, work as a freelancer. So that might be a big difference compared to the UK. But uh, then I thought about Austria or France, and I think uh, the situation uh, on the continent is, is very much comparable. So um, labor rights, I don't think, are a real obstacle if you wonder if you should go uh, rather to France than to Germany. Uh, it doesn't matter in the end. I would say it's a big market. It's the biggest market in Europe. It's a very stable, safe haven. Um, so it's rather attractive to start your business here um, than not do it. Yeah. If you think about going international, why not go to Germany? Would you say that um, with the, the similarities um, of things like labor rights between a country like Germany and its, its neighbors, um, would you say that it's probably easier for European franchisors to take their concept from one country to Germany than, say, for someone from the United States to bring it across the ocean to Germany, where it's probably quite starkly different? That really depends on the concept, on the business sector. I met a lot of American concepts where I am 100% sure they will make it here. And I also saw a couple of systems. I don't have a positive thinking about their approach on the German market. It really depends on the business sector and on the system. Their values, for example, how to promote uh, those corporate values you can't answer this question in general, in my opinion. Sure. We have uh, all the big names from the U.S. here. And I think, uh, just as Matthias has uh, said, you have to, to adapt to local needs and, and purposes. Uh, if you just try to bring your idea the way it is with your management, you will not succeed. We've tried that the other way around. Um, we started our business in uh, the States I think a decade ago uh, with German management and it was not very successful. It became successful when we um, hired some guys from the industry and just accepted that it's still Engel and Fergus, but some things are different in that market. And um, yeah, we, we broke even this year. Uh, it's a big success. We are the only real estate brand from uh, Europe that, that made it over there. And I think uh, that is true for every system that goes abroad um, just try to be local to some extent and i have a funny remark on that i mean i'm here from the south 
Kai is from the north, from Hamburg. And, and really, those guys in the north, they are more British than, than even some Brits. <laughs> so, I, I mean, if you talk about Germany, do you speak about the east, the west, the north, or the south? People are different. Um, and in the north, people are really very, very similar to, to, to those uh, to, to Britons. And um, kind of a more universal question for the both of you. Um, maybe there's investors or entrepreneurs who have recently lost their current job or have maybe seen the allure of working for themselves, working for franchising. Um, is there any advice that would you would give to entrepreneurs who are looking now to make the most of Germany's affluent franchise market who maybe, you know, they're looking at the state of the industry and are cautious about whether or not it's really a good idea. Is there any kind of advice that you'd give to someone entering the industry for the first time? I, I have, I mean, a good soccer coach or, sorry, football coach, uh, they, they always give themselves a personal impression of the turf, the stadium, of the next game. So that means any entrepreneur should go around the soccer field, breathe the air, maybe taking a ball, dribble around the pitch, and then talk to fans, uh, uh, um, talk to people. Takes time, yes, sure, but... I mean, this is really, you need to feel the system's heartbeat. Uh, you need to make your own impression of that, of the market. Um, and then look for, for signing a contract in, in any, in any way. Yes, there's no need to hurry. Uh, I totally agree. Uh, look at the facts and figures. And maybe in addition to that, um, how has the system developed during the Corona pandemic? Uh, that's another clue. Yeah, for sure. I would take into consideration because um, we all don't know how long it will last. And um, and looking ahead, I suppose, once in this hypothetical world when coronavirus is more under control, um, what does the, the future look life like for both of your respective organizations? So Kai, if we start with you and uh, Engel and Volkers, what kind of development plans or what does 2021 onwards look like? Oh, we are just preparing our budget for 2021. And uh, I can say that with those um, strong figures, uh, strong top line of 2020, we are very optimistic for the year to come. Um, we have no special plans uh, going to other countries. We want to stay where we are and, and, and strengthen our strengths. Uh, that's the idea. And just wait what the future will bring. I don't think that's a good idea to to start new adventures uh, in uncertain times like these. Sure. And uh, Matthias, what about Body Street? What are you guys looking at ahead? Well, in my opinion, it will really still take a while to have coronavirus under control. Um, the answer for the future, <laughs> my, my, my daughter, Sarah, she's a goalkeeper for uh, Vaca Munich in, in the Bavarian Soccer League. And for her, a game was only good if she had some if she scored bruises or no or broke nose <laughs> after the game really and yes yes to say that corona is a is really a, a hard left hook of god but i think we body street we will have made a let's say a time jump then i think we've implemented everything that that we've implemented in the next 5 years and it will be successful it will be ethical it will be big it will be human <laughs> it will also be more more normal again and and all above that pretty 
Aveson Digital. So make it short. <laughs> when Corona is over, I'll open a bottle of beer. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, it's really, it's just like after a hot uh, football game. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, thank you very much, both of you, for your time and for, uh, for yeah, giving me a really great insight into the German franchise industry and what the, the future holds for everyone. Thank you, Kieran. It was big fun. Thanks, Matthias. Thank you all together and have a great time and a lot of success in those challenging times. I really enjoyed how candid and open Matthias and Kai were throughout our conversation. Um, they managed to project some genuine positivity while also acknowledging that the tough times aren't yet over. The German franchise market, however, seems like it will be able to cope with any future challenges that are thrown its way, especially with the excellent ongoing governmental support that both of our guests really praised throughout the conversation. Um, we'd love to hear your thoughts on this. How do you think your government has done with handling the financial impacts of COVID-19? And what else do you think needs to be done to support franchises as we approach a new year? Make sure to let us know. If you like the podcast, subscribe and recommend it to your friends and colleagues. Or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your pods. To keep up to date with franchise news and have it put into context by the global franchise experts, subscribe to the magazine, hit us up at globalfranchisemagazine.com and follow us on Twitter, Facebook and LinkedIn today.